Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Joining me right now to talk about the NBA and get us set for the second half of the season. When I need to talk about the NBA, this is the guy I go to. He is the best. He is the founder of hoopscritic.com. You can hear him on Sirius XM NBA radio as well. Brian Geltzeiler joining me right now on CBS Sports Radio. Geltz, happy Sunday to you, my friend. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you, pal? I'm doing pretty good, Gels. I'm doing pretty good. All right, so we, we just had the All-Star break last week. We're, you know, second half of the season's kind of kicked off here. Where, in your mind, where is, where's the line, Gels, of real contenders that can win the championship this year? How many teams are above the line of real contendership this year? I'm going to give you six teams okay. that can win a title. Three in each conference. Now, the Western Conference is the much deeper conference with more good teams in it. Um, there's no doubt about that. But I think there's three teams in each conference that can win, and I think it's pretty simple. I think in the Eastern Conference, obviously, it's the team I believe is the odds-on favorite right now, the Brooklyn Nets. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are still very capable from a personnel standpoint, and a lot of the changes that they are making here and how they're playing during the season are all geared towards being much more prepared than they have in the two prior years to play in the playoffs. So I think they're one. And listen, I think considering how well Joel Embiid has played, the bullet the Sixers just dodged with this injury not being too bad, I think we would all be silly not to think that the Sixers couldn't be a contender here for an NBA title and, and be a team that gets out of the East and, and give it and give a team in the West trouble. Because here's the thing about the teams in the West. Their road out is going to be tougher than the road out in the East. In the East, there's going to be a cupcake matchup for those top three teams in the first round of the playoffs. I don't think you're going to see any cupcake matchups in the playoffs in the Western Conference in any form. And the three teams in the West are the Utah Jazz. So you, you cannot sleep on what they've done, and you certainly can't dismiss it. They have a style of play that's difficult to guard. They take a lot of three-point shots. They defend very well. So the Jazz certainly are there. And then I think, again, we'd be silly to dismiss either of the L.A. teams. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is going to be fresh when he comes back. And in a season where the Lakers are hurting, because they had a very, very short, uh, a, a short off season based upon their trip to the finals last year. Rest is good for their main players, and I think they, Davis being hurt right now and then being cautious with him, I think is going to be good for them. And then, of course, my the other team I think is the favorite to go to the finals that no one really likes in the Western Conference is the LA Clippers, who I think have played better this year than they were last year. They, they may still need to make a deadline move, but they have all the pieces in place to be absolutely terrific. They can be a shutdown defensive team. Abaka gives them a different dimension at five. And, and listen, I think Paul George is having a much better year than he did last year. It looks terrific. So those six teams is where the line of demarcation is on who can actually win a title boy Geltz I mean you 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 laid it out though perfectly like yeah three teams in each conference but boy the the 
the uh, just just the, the the stress level these teams in the West are going to have to go through to get there. I mean, I'm just looking at the standings right now. The season ended today. The Jazz would catch Luca and Porzingis in the first round. Yes. Holy crap! Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and and that's the crazy part about it. And we're saying that right now. And you had mentioned the Pelicans earlier. You know, that's a team of Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram that, that may not even get in the play-in. Yeah. Granted, they haven't been great this year, but that's a talented, talented team. And, you know, you look at Memphis with where they are. They, I mean, it's not going to happen real soon, but sometime between now and the end of the season, they're going to get Jaron Jackson Jr. back, who's their second-best player. I mean, the West is brutally difficult, brutally difficult. And that's why I look at, at teams like Phoenix and Portland. I put them in a category, Sean, where they're, they're teams that can beat anyone. I just don't know if they're good enough to beat everyone. And I put Denver in that category, too. I Listen, Denver needed another player like Jeremy Grant in the offseason to be able to truly, to me, be a team that could win a championship. And then they lost the Jeremy Grant they had. And yeah. so that's a team that's really hurting defensively. And I don't know how much better that gets. And I'm, something's wrong with Jamal Murray. I don't know. He's, his effort levels uh, and the way his effort kind of ebbs and flows is not something, if I was the coach of that team, that would be acceptable to me. And I don't think it's acceptable to Michael Malone. Yeah, Geltz, I'm talking to Brian Geltziler, Sirius XM NBA Radio, talking some NBA. Geltz, just looking at the standings, has me j- just all sorts of jazzed up for May and June coming up this year. You know, like, it, I'm just looking at, like, in the West, you're, like, the top three teams in the first round, are, one of them's going to have to get through through uh, through the uh, probably the MVP runner-up right now in Jokic. One's going to have to get yep. through Popovich, and the other one's going to have to get through Luka and Porzingis. That's just, that's going to be fun, man. That's going to be a fun. I want to ask you about Phoenix, Geltz. So they, they would be the two-seed if the season ended today they've 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 been Chris Paul there's been I say a revelation but he did kind of similar things with the Thunder last year I I, what have the last two years post Houston done for Chris Paul's legacy well you, you understand that everywhere he goes he's the adult in the room and if you let him be the natural leader that he is if he can take that role he will lift younger guys to be better players. And he did it last year with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, he's doing it this year with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Ayton's having the best year he's ever had, very quietly, but he's playing terrific. Booker has been terrific all along, but it's not like Booker's suffering for usage with Chris Paul on the floor. He, he's learned to adjust his game with him. Listen, Chris Paul, is he is one of the better point guards to play in NBA history. I'm not going to put him up there with the best. I know a lot of people do based upon the numbers and the analytics, but he hasn't won in a lot of big spots. But his ability to come onto a team like this and take a team that last year didn't make the playoffs, not get granted 8-0 in the bubble and played very well, and, and Phoenix was certainly on an uptrend when they got Chris Paul, but to take a team like that and make him a contender, that's a, that's a big job. Now the question becomes for Chris Paul, one of the reasons you don't put him with the top players at his position in history is because he hasn't been able to lift that team over this hump. Chris Paul's gotten to this point many a time with different teams. Listen, last year, OKC went down in the first round, seven-game series, but it could have easily gone the other way. But his years with the Clippers, you have to look at, he got the, that one time with the Rockets, he went out and in a conference final and got hurt, and they couldn't get it over to hump. That may have been his one best chance, and that's the unfortunate thing for Chris Paul here. Yeah, Geltz, think of how the world changes if he doesn't pull that hamstring against the, the Warriors that, on so many levels. I mean, the, the Rockets, may, they may wind up keeping that whole thing together because they want a title. Chris Paul's legacy changes. James Harden, his legacy. Now, Harden may end up getting his this year. Who knows? But... 
that's that's one of the you know the NBA's probably lends itself to what ifs more than any other sport. That might be the best one of the last three or four years, just in terms of the layers attached to it. Sure, and that's not even getting into the Durant Golden State angle on that. Yeah, what if if Golden State doesn't win? Do they decide to keep Durant together? How does that next year coming back and winning? How does that sit with everybody? And and maybe it's a little bit of a happier, more content, more appreciative group for what they had and what they accomplished and what they were. Because let's face it, a lack of appreciation and taking Kevin Durant for granted are the chief reasons that he left Golden State and he's in Brooklyn right now. Yeah, Brian Geltzeiler joining me on CBS Sports Radio. So, Geltz, uh, trade deadline is, is coming up in about 10 days, 10, 10 11 days from now. Um, look, you, you mentioned Philly when we were laying out the contenders here. Daryl Morey is sort of addicted to doing trades here at this time of year at the trade deadline. Who who do you expect? Do you, do you expect Morey to make a deal uh, in, in Philadelphia this year? I do. I do. Listen, I think I can see Morey bringing in one of two guys in Philadelphia this year. I think Kyle Lowry, if Toronto makes him available, and I've had, although at this stage they're saying no, but that's what you do when you want a posture. Um, I think that ultimately for Toronto in a free agent year here for him and with the young core that they've re-signed, I think Toronto could be one of those teams that buys and sells, that they sell off on Lowry and go get themselves maybe a younger player that they like, that fits, that they could put under contract, a la and Andre Drummond. So I, I think Toronto's an, an interesting team to watch, but I think Lowry being available, Dalmore is going to go to the front of the line. And the question becomes, is Tyrese Maxey and a couple of salaried pieces enough to get that deal done? Now, who's going to be his main competition for Lowry? Probably the Los Angeles Clippers. But, again, the Clippers have an interesting asset in Avatsa Zubac, signed to a very reasonable deal this year and two more. That's a good piece for Kyle Lowry, and depending upon what else Toronto would do. Um, so I think those two teams would really be the ones that would be most in the mix. Dallas could be interesting as well with a Jalen Brunson type of deal. But I think that, you know, Dal Morey is looking at, at Kyle Lowry first. If he doesn't get him, I, listen, P.J. Tucker is a candidate who's going to be moved. They're stopped playing him. He's going to be moved sometime soon. That, you know, Maury getting him back after having him in Houston would feel very organic, and I think it would work really well for the Sixers, who could use another perimeter defender and really one of the best corner three shooters in the league at this point. P.J. Tucker is one of these guys that affords you a whole lot of versatility on both ends of the floor, and I think he'd be a wonderful fit there. So, to me, I would I would tell you that Daryl Morey being the dealmaker that he is, having this team – be better than I think anyone thought it was going to be this year. I think he's going to be very active, and it very well could be one of those two guys. What do you think the market is for P.J. Tucker? Like, what should Raphael Stone, the GM in Houston, expect to get for P.J. Tucker? And I asked that, Geltz, because there were reports this week that, uh, they, that they had an offer of a late first-round pick for P.J. Tucker before the year started, but, uh, but they – at that point, they thought James Harden was still on board, so they they kept from doing anything. Well, Tucker's done nothing to enhance his trade value this year. He's been bad this year. What do you think the market is for him? I think you're going to get uh, somebody somebody's fallen draft angel. I think you're going to get a guy that somebody went ahead and drafted and didn't work out as well as the team thought that that player would work out. So I think that's the market for P.J. Tucker. I don't think there's a first. I think potentially you could probably get it done for him with two seconds, with a current second coming up and a set, second three, four years in the future. Something along those lines I think you can get it done for. But the first-round pick ship on P.J. Tucker has long sailed, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, they can put him in the back. Whoever they get, they can stick him back there with Kevin Porter Jr. That that one's two games in. That one's working out okay, Geltz. That's what the Rockets it's, are doing. They're doing penny stocks right now, Geltz. They are. That one happens to be working out. Listen, the Cavs sent him packing. And the Cavs sent him packing, mainly based upon the fact that he had a tirade in the locker room and some things that came out of his mouth 
where things that you don't want to have come out of a player's mouth. Um, And you combine that with the fact that some of his associations were not something that the organization was comfortable with and Cleveland sent them packing, but you're absolutely right. You know, there it's, this is what Houston's doing right now. Raphael Stone's buying low and he fought low on Kevin Porter. And at least in the short term, it looks very interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Brian Geltzeiler joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Geltz, do you get as infuriated as I do that all these people that act like James Harden blending in and working the ball around and passing the ball and deferring is like some sort of revelation? The whole, you know, I I joke around with this all the time. When Brooklyn traded for him, it was the, the big take that you heard from so many people is, well, there's only one basketball. What are they going to do now with all those guys? No way it can work. The one ball theory was the laziest piece of analysis on the planet, all right? The fact is, James Harden, people forget one thing about James Harden. He's smart. He's not dumb, Sean. You know all the years you covered him in Houston. He's not dumb. James Harden came to Brooklyn because he understood, I want to be able to change my game, but I want to change my game to a point where those changes are going to result in me getting further than I ever got before. And Houston built a team that around his ISO abilities. Now, listen, James ultimately, as we're seeing, the way he's at his best is playing the point guard position. And one of the mistakes we looked at Houston made now in retrospect was bringing in point guards to play next to him. Because in the end, all that was doing was taking the ball out of his hands. But if you had given him the kind of score he could have confidence in, he would have shared it much better as we're seeing now. Listen, it, it, the revelation is not that him, Durant, and Irving are awesome together. The revelation is that they just won, what, 13 or 14 games, and Kevin Durant's played in one of them. Yeah. It's been it, the Harden Irving uh, marriage has been perfect, more perfect than Harden Westbrook, who chose each other, more perfect than Harden Paul, who chose each other. This was Kevin Durant playing matchmaker. But the truth of the matter is, there was one conversation that meant the world to those two where Kyrie Irving looked at him and said, You're the point guard, yep. and I'm the shooting guard. Yeah. And Kyrie made it pretty simple for him in that way. And people want to criticize Kyrie all the time for a lot of the craziness that goes on with him. And I get that because Kyrie can have a, a controversy storm that follows him by nature, like pig fan with a cloud of dust all right that's kind of Kyrie and controversy going on with him all the time right but I'm going to tell you something that revelation has freed up the Brooklyn Nets in a big way because Kyrie understood Kyrie is Kyrie's got some selfishness in him that's always been him part of why he's great is he's got some selfishness in him and Kyrie looked at this and said you know what so all I have to do is go out there and be a shot maker I don't have to worry about getting other guys involved. I can just go make plays with them when the ball gets in my hands. I can do that. I mean, yep. you be the point guard. You worry about everybody else. I'm going to worry about me. And you know what? It's been perfect. And yeah. it's made other guys better. It's made Joe Harris better. It's made Bruce Brown better. It's made Nicholas Claxton better. This is a really good team. Blake Griffin's going to fit in just fine on this team. going to be really, really fun to watch these Brooklyn Nets. But, yes, James Harden, I will tell you what's interesting. Embiid gets hurt, right? Um, LeBron not going to play as many games he's played, and certainly his numbers have paled off a little bit. As good as Jokic is, if Denver is not a top-four seed, it's hard to give him the MVP. Very, very quietly, James Harden is creeping his way right to the top of that conversation. In a season where he tanked the first nine games, Geltz, he showed up looking like he was 60. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. He tanked. I'm sorry, the first one he played, he came out, and he had like 42 and 17, and then he tanked the next eight. Okay, he just want to remind everybody he could do it fast, and he did it fast, all right? But uh, listen, it's, you're watching guys drop around him like flies right now for MVP, and he continues to get it done. you got to look at him for it, right? No, no, Kelsey, I mean, look, you know I think James Harden is a delightful player. It's just you know I live in Houston as well. Like, it just, it's hard to stomach him winning MVP in the same season where he pulled that stunt. Like, that, oh, like not it. the previous season, the same season. <laughs> 
I get it. I get it. Believe me. And I know all of this, considering what's happened to the Rockets since Christian Wood has gotten hurt. Yep. I know all of this is very, very difficult for Rockets fans to stomach. But this is what I will say to the Rockets fans, is that the fact is everything runs in cycles. And the Rockets have had, since the drafting of Yao Ming, oh, yeah. a tremendous, tremendous run in this league for almost 20 years. And all these runs, they come to an end at a certain point, and you got to kind of recycle this and start from scratch. Daryl Morey spoiled the Rocket fan in a big way, Shawnee. No doubt. No doubt. Brian Geltziler, you spoiled us with these last 15 minutes, my friend. I appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. Thank you very much. Always my pleasure, my brother. Anytime. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.